Welcome back, everyone, to the Fish and Friends podcast, the podcast with no music and plenty of bullshit. Tonight, I am going to be joined by my longtime friend of 10 years, uh, Benny Bell, and we're going to be talking about basically whatever the hell's on our mind. Could be some sports, could be gaming, could be politics, never really know. What's going to come out of our mouths when it comes to this podcast, so if you're easily offended, this is not the podcast for you. What's up? Oh, not much. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it very much. And yeah, topics all across the board. Could be anything. Heck, I was thinking about talking about mac and cheese and monsters. Is it a good combination or not? I can let you know here in about five minutes. I just got a article here. Robert Horry uh, reacts to Scottie Pippen calling Phil Jackson a racist. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised there isn't a legion of Lakers coming out of nowhere just to go to arms for old Philly boy there. Yep. It says, Scotty Pippen has been the talk of the NBA this week due to his controversial remarks about former head coach Phil Jackson. The Chicago Bulls legend accused Jackson of making racially motivated decisions during their time together. Ever since Pippen accused Jackson of being racist, former players have come out to share their thoughts on the situation. Former Los Angeles Lakers center Shaquille O'Neal spoke to fan sides Mark uh, Carmen this week about his former coach saying, I don't want to get involved in other people's beef, but Phil is definitely not a racist. Seven-time NBA champion Robert Horry is the latest uh, player coach by Jackson to chime in on this conversation. Unlike O'Neal, he was willing to open up a bit more about his relationship with the legendary coach. Horry admits that he doesn't think Jackson is racist on his podcast, Big Shot Bob Pod. However, he did mention that Jackson once used a questionable phrase when speaking to his players. We were in the middle of the huddle, and Phil was like, you need to know the sound of your master's voice, Horry said. I looked at him, I was like, whoa, 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 no, we don't do that. I'm from the South. Horry claims that Jackson didn't uh, mean for his words to have any racist intent. Despite that bizarre encounter, Horry doesn't believe Jackson is racist. This seems to be in line with what O'Neill said. Additional players may come forward on either side with Pippen or Jackson in the near future. Well, truly my only take on it is this. There's a lot of things that are locker room talk, and, you know, there has to be motivation. And back in those days, terminology of things that would be considered racist today definitely were not racist back then. In fact, it was pretty commonplace for you to hear a lot of horrible things, everything from, you know, how Trump says what he says in the locker room. Oh, boy, imagine what the NBA or the NFL or even NHL had to say back then. I'm a big fan of Scottie Pippen, even though I'm not a Bulls fan. I always thought he did get a lot of the second will look, and he did come through in a lot of ways. It was a very pivotal part of that team. But now I think that he's just starting to moonshine over the old days of, you know, I was relevant and he's doing his best to become relevant again. And unfortunately, you know, he's not doing it like the likes of Barkley or Shaq and they're they're avidly doing it. He's doing it more like a tweet, you know, a Twitter feed or whatever you want to do. Just like, hey, get it out there real quick and make some noise. He's not doing it professionally. He does got his own little deal going on, but I haven't really watched it yet. I was kind of interested to see what it was about, but deep down inside if this is all i'm hearing it through the pipelines is that he's just throwing crap around to piss people off good for him you know if he gets the attention and feels good about himself doing it that's fine but at the same time phil jackson's not going to get locked up like bill cosby it's not going to be some dirt sheet like that especially with nba players that have you know could have any way to make attention for themselves they're not doing it they're going to his defense after all these years so i believe there's some validity in that Phil Jackson did play from 1967 to 1978 as the Knicks, and he was also an assistant coach for the New Jersey Nets and a player from 78 to 80, and then he was a coach from 81 to 2011. Uh, 
of course, not all those years in the NBA. But he's been literally around the game of basketball, most of it in the NBA, from 1967 all the way to 2011. I feel like if the man was a racist, especially with what it is today, there would have been a hell of a lot more than Scottie Pippen, not even just now, but over the last several years, that would have just torn this man apart if he was actually a racist. This is nothing but Scottie Pippen being a sore man for what what he is, and it's like he I, I've heard that he absolutely hated the documentary because it was supposed to be about the team, but it was wrapped around Jordan. I mean, I watched the documentary. Pippen was brought up in it a lot. Of course, you know, the big three, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. They were all in it quite a bit, but it's like Michael Jordan was the main attraction, which that's what he was when he was when he was in Chicago. And Michael Jordan said it himself in that documentary. Without Scottie Pippen, there would be no Michael Jordan. There is no higher honor than that, than the greatest player, one of the greatest players, sports history, period. Doesn't even matter, just the NBA. Sports history, period. You got a man like Michael Jordan giving you his props and giving you that honor. It's like, take it with grace. I mean, what 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 is there to be angry about right now? You're a six-time champion with the man and stuff like that. Sure, the documentary pointed out some things that you probably not didn't want being brought back up, like, you know, the walking away from the team in the final seconds when Tony Kukoc brought up the shot, which is bringing up this whole thing to begin with. But it's it's like Phil had his reasons for everything. And to call it race-related is completely ridiculous because I, Tony Kukoc, he was not a bad shot. That man could play. And, yeah, you were the main player on that team. Everybody knew or probably thought they knew the ball was going to go to you. So he says... We're giving it to Kukoc. And you know what? You weren't even in that play anyway, so it's like, you know, ball's in the air. Who's it going to go to? It went to Tony Kukoc. Guess what? He made the shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And and we can really just take this to a whole new level. There's so much information, so many avenues of drama, past uh, history with it all. I mean, we can go all the way back to the Dream Team, you know, where – Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and I don't quote me 100%, but I'm pretty sure, like, I, I thought Tony Kukoc was playing for Lithuania, and uh, was Strauss sitting there and, and, and basically trying to recruit Kukoc long before that came about, they felt disenchanted by Strauss, and so they took out their vengeance upon Tony Kukoc. It didn't allow him, he didn't, I don't believe he had one stat, maybe a turnover. Um, and, you know, like co-coach had said he's like wow is this how they play in america i'm not sure if i want to play there you know so to a degree i mean you got to look at it from the past it started well before this well before he even was a bull that they already had a bad view of him because let's go back and what you said not too long ago there uh you listed the, the big three and I believe that you said what? What was it? Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. Jordan. So, so, you know, you're, you're looking at a middle, middle child center because you put him in the middle. Obviously, that's where he's at mentality-wise, and he's looking to get attention. He's looking to either justify himself in a part of it and get a little bit more of the pie that he thought he should have had. Um, there's people that are going to go for that and against that. There's some people like me who really don't give a shit because, because you made millions of dollars, and seriously, this is the best you can do is come out of the woodwork and try to slander a coach without him 
even though you had Jordan, you wouldn't have won. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't even just slandering yeah. him, too. It's just Ben Jordan. It's just like every article that I'm seeing about Scottie Pippen lately, he's bashing on something or some somebody, some big name that was with the, the team at the time. Like he's trying to just knock everybody da- down a peg. And honestly, it's just making him more of an asset of himself. I loved Scottie Pippen. He were there, loved. He's a hard man to love right now with all the shit, the, the bullshit that he just keeps spatting out. And it's like, yes, there was a lot of issues with Strauss. That documentary made that 100% clear. That was, you know, a little bit of a of a weird move to make when you have Scottie Pippen wrapped up in his contract for as long as you have. And that, that I can understand the anger with when it comes to Scottie Pippen is how, how low he was, how little he was, he made in his time with the Bulls compared to rest of the contracts around the league. But, I, I mean, you signed it. You're definitely making a lot more money than, you know, a regular bus driver. So it, it could have took an awful turn for uh, either one. Any any NBA player could take a turn for the worst. They could, they could play one season and be not, you know, can excel beyond a level, but then get injured the next year and never play again so you i mean you got at least i mean i'm not a religious person whatsoever but you got to say to yourself damn i'm blessed look what i got to play with you know a legendary status the team was legendary even the the shit stringers on the team they're not coming out of the woodwork saying that you know phil jackson's racist or jordan was a dickhead or this or that or controlling um i myself think yes he was a ball hog but he was that damn good to be a ball hog so you know I, I love you, Mike, it, but, you know, he at least made space, space Jam, and I love his shoes. His shoes are fucking awesome, so that's pretty cool. But uh, for me to close out on this topic, I think that we need to look into just how Madonna, the the sport industry, has been. You know, don't make me jump to the Aaron Rodgers whole topic and everything else. I'm sure you're going to make me jump to it. But it's just like you are giving a lifetime of wealth that are going to support your children if you have children. By God, both of them are both ugly. They shouldn't have children. Um, just to shut up, be respectful to the game that created a living for you, your family, and your next generation of family. And deal with the fact that either A, you weren't the brightest star on the team, or you just thought that you should have been said that you were the brightest star on the team. It doesn't matter. What about Spud Webb? That guy was freaking amazing. He could, he could barely look into my eyes. He would need a step stool, but that guy was awesome. Muggsy Bogues, you know, players that never bitched, that just worked hard to prove themselves. It was about proving themselves and the love they had for the game they played, the sports they play. So as far as uh, if I ever ran into Scotty and he'd be like, come on, I'd just be look at him and I'd be like, well, buddy, you know what? You're a piece of shit. Just shut the fuck up. You know, let sleeping dogs lie. Enough's enough. You, you're you're over the hill. Your game's over with. You can't do it anymore. So why even talk about it? It is your first time on the podcast, so I'm going to bring up things that you probably don't want to talk about. But hey, how about that Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. How about your bathroom? <laughs> it's starting to look pretty enticing from here. I'm a diehard Packer fan. You know what? I'm, 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 let's, let's see what the most recent articles say. You know, I haven't looked it up in a few days.
Might be something new. I'm sure it's depressing. Or he's got a new <laughs> t-shirt with some black Sharpie on it. I don't know. He's starting to go down that Cookville Avenue. He's he's starting to be, look like he's mentally unstable. It's it's pretty much yeah. It's the news news articles right now are talking about the July second deadline. Uh, players have until Friday to opt out of the 2021 season by giving written notices to their team. The deadline for that is July 2nd. So he has until Friday. He could just walk away from the game and be like, you know, fuck it. If he decides not to play, he's still under contract. He's still, the contract is good till the end of the year. So it does. You can't just break the contract and walk away. It's not how that works. And unless, you know, you did something or the team did something so detrimental that it was based upon the lines like, oh, hey, I'm Ray Carruth. I just murdered somebody and threw him in the trunk of my car. Um, yeah, that is a you know, fireball offense that's obviously there. Um, being a literally a prima donna with, you know, your little thong on running around State Farm commercials and talking about how you're great. Whatever, dude. OK, you are. You are great. Don't get me wrong. You're freaking amazing. Are you, a, you know, a Joe Montana? No. To me, no. These people had dedication, and they gave it their all, and it was about the team. It's not about the team if you're sitting out and you're crying about something because you want a little bit more power. You want to change the, the shape of the NFL. Really? When you're a kid, was the NFL like that? What Were you sitting there plotting the whole time when you patched your ass off that I'm going to get in there and be some political dickhead and try to, you know, screw job the system and try to figure out something different? You know, just because you feel you deserve it. Once again, we're going down. Scotty Pippen and Aaron Rodgers would be sitting at a dinner table somewhere courting each other. I'm sure they make a lovely couple. Um, well, I, I don't I don't think that that is necessarily entirely false that they can opt out. Because, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, he did that just a few seasons ago. He he opted out, but he sat out. He lost money. Yeah, and that, the, that, that's what uh, this, are, this article is saying right here. Is that as the NFL world continues to wait and see what will happen with Aaron Rodgers, there is reportedly one nuclear option on the table for the quarterback. It says uh, that Rodgers could actually opt out of the entire 21, 2021 season. Rodgers wouldn't be subject to a mandatory $50,000 fine for each day of training camp missed by opting out. For fining purposes under the CBA, training camp runs from the mandatory reporting date, July 27th for Green Bay, through the Sunday before the first season, regular season game, September 5th. Skipping Green Bay's entire training camp in a holdout would cost Rodgers $2.05 million. It says the Packers would also have the right to start recovering a portion of the $57.5 million signing bonus Rodgers received in his 2018 contract extension with the training camp holdout and a $6.8 million roster bonus he earned in March. Correct. So, it, yeah, he can opt out, but it's just going to end up costing him money. That's what I mean is this, is to me as a longtime Packer fan, I say, why not give Jordan Love a chance? Who cares? Who gives a shit if the team goes to shit all year? I really don't care. Because how many years have we had a chance to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? And everybody be like, well, it's management. They didn't give him. Listen, Green Bay has always been the draft and groom and grow players, which I've always respected. Is it a slow process? Yes, it is. But they have had some some of the finest players during that whole process that that, that was their mantra. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. So, Tom Brady gave money back to the team. He took cuts to give him, give them the opportunity to sign him weapons to make him better. 
Not to mention they have a phenomenal, you know, I don't even know what you call him. Like, a, you know, he's crossroad demons. Bilicek, I don't, he, the guy's soulless. Uh, yeah, he, he, he would make me nervous in a closed room. Uh, but where I'm getting at with this is that you wanted all this money. And far as I'm concerned, not saying that he declined. I say, I say that Aaron Rodgers became not technically lazy, but didn't put in the effort that like somebody like Tom Brady does to earn the championships as many as they did. I don't see that. I don't. Well, see and then uh, like people that make the excuse for for him, like it was management and stuff like that. I just saw a post today. They rated win percentage from the very top team all the way down to the bottom team in the NFL. And it's like the Green Bay Packers are on top of that. Of course, that probably has a great deal to do with the years that they've had under Aaron Rodgers, how many wins that they've had under Aaron Rodgers. They have, the Green Bay Packers have the highest winning percentage of any team in the NFL. That very bottom team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady just went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's like, even though they signed Tom Brady and they got some of them big names uh, for that team that they signed on and everything and stuff like that, they still, looking at the, the cap room, um, going into this offseason, they still had like $48 million to spare. It's like you only get that kind of number if you got players that are there for championships. They're there to win. They don't really care about the money. It's like, yeah, you can give it. They, they, of course, they still get paid a lot of money. They probably still care about how much they get paid. But it's not like they're asking for like the max league contract in order to do it. it like you were saying about Tom Brady. Give me weapons. Let's win another championship. He went to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which historically are just dog shit. Historically dog shit. I loved him in the early 2000s. Loved Mike Allstott, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, all those guys. Loved that team. But <laughs> that was pretty much the only time that I saw Tampa Bay win was just that short couple of years that they had a monster of a defense. And other than that, historically, they yeah, they've been dog shit. Tom Brady goes to them, gets a couple others to follow him, brings Gronkowski out of retirement. Gets uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, get Antonio Brown back uh, there as well and get some other guys to sign, and they win the championship. And they do it pretty easy. Every management we've ever worked for sucked bad. And out in the real human race, there's not really any good management. Not at all whatsoever. It's pathetic. And yes, being a person that isn't a part, a part of that, of that or anything, anything like, like at that, that level, you, you do, do feel, feel like, like that, that you are not getting your deserved rights. Well, and, and I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, about the whole management thing and everything and stuff like that. How can you be so self-centered about management entirely to you? That is a 53-man roster. Yes, not everybody's going to agree with management on a roster of 53 players. But the fact that you're sitting out like a bitch like this with the – he, the rest of the team's still showing up. I mean, he he's he he's just being a whiny, selfish, you know, selfish little bitch. That's all I can say about it. Because number one, they did get him weapons in this draft. They did get him wide receivers. They are giving him weapons and things to do. But are they also looking at the other components of the league or the team? Of course they are. That's their fucking job. It's not Aaron Rodgers' job. Aaron's Rodgers' job is sit there, put his tights on, go out there, throw the ball, and try not to cry by the end of the game. Make a couple touchdowns, pray to God we win. That's what you're out there to do, dude, and you're paid that many millions of dollars to do it. 
and you want more, you want more. Seriously, it goes back to the whole, you know, the whole attitude of these players. And there's a lot of players out there that are just, they're begging to get in there. They lived on the streets. Look at like Donald Driver. He lived in the back of a freaking U-Haul. Lived in a U-Haul. He was fucking homeless. And, you know, he busted his ass and got an opportunity for a tryout. And he made it. He became an NFL superstar to me. I mean, he was very underrated. He wasn't big and outspoken. Well, take that back. He did. Yeah, he, he was a little outspoken, but he wasn't on that level where, like, screw the team. No, he was very, very happy with the fact that he was given a chance because it's like winning the lottery. You imagine how many NCAA players, they, they worked their whole lives since they were, like, what, six, seven years old to become something, and that was their dream. Never get a chance at it. Never. There's too many people in the world for everybody to have a chance at it. They probably all deserve a chance for, for work, work ethic at- and if they actually bring a good attitude to the game. That's the problem. We're not bringing a good attitude to the game. If you got young players that are coming in and you're not giving the opportunity for those players to shine or become something, you're you're destroying dreams because your dream is fulfilled and you just want to eat more of the cake. That's, That's enough. enough. Well, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. I'm gonna call it the LeBron James syndrome. Okay. I don't pay attention much to the NBA. I mean, I follow the news to see what's been going on and stuff like that. But just over the years, I've heard countless times what LeBron James wants, he gets, regardless of what team he plays for. I think it's that's 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 just the way it is. That's the way I've seen. That's that's the way I've heard. And Aaron Rodgers is trying to do that with the Green Bay Packers right now because he thinks that he's a big enough star, which he is one of the biggest stars in the NFL. But that does not put you above your superiors. It's like I get that you're the talent. There's talent all over that team. It's not your decisions to make. They're going to do what they feel is best to put together a winning football team. If it doesn't follow in line with what you're doing, tough shit. You're under contract. You're making millions of dollars. Go out there and do your job and quit worrying about the front office's job. Because as much as I dog on the front office of teams, especially the Minnesota Vikings, god damn the Minnesota Vikings. It's it's a hard job to do. I mean, it's not like, you know, all these people that, you know, think that they could just walk in and do it. It's not like Madden. It's not like you can see the ratings of players and just be like, oh, this person's going to be great on this team. It's like you you could sit there and go to, like, one of these one of these NFL draft-like combines, and you could sit there and see a player just beautifully, beautifully work. Looks like he's going to be a first-rounder. Then you draft that first-rounder, and it's like, Oh no, I'm not fitting in with the system. Or hey, this game is going way too fast than I expected. And guess what? You got a bust. And it's you, it's not like a game where you have uh, just a spread a spreadsheet. It's and this person's going to fit in or be a good overall player and stuff like that. It's not easy. And they they try to make it seem like they could just walk in there and do it themselves. Yep. Over in gaming right now. Uh, headline: Konami teams up with Layers of Fear developer for alleged Silent Hill related project. The will-they-won't-they concerning Konami and the future of Silent Hill is not even close to a new conversation so much, so it's almost a bore at this point. Still, with the abandoned game inciting Hideo Kojima 
related conspiracy theories and rumors of a new Silent Hill game having run rampant for years now. It looks like there might actually be some substance to the latest report. Konami and Bloober Team, the studio behind Layers of Fear and The Medium, issued a new press uh, release to media talking about a fresh partnership between the two companies. Bloober knows a thing or two about horror and Polish studio has not been shy in the past about a love for all, the th all things Silent Hill. The press release noted a strategic partnership, a partnership that many insiders are steadfastly saying is Silent Hill related. Before we dive into that, a quick refresher course on Bloober and its own run-in with Silent Hill rumors of gaming past. Earlier this year, CEO of Bloober, Piotr Babioni? I completely butchered. Dude, these names are all fucking trash, man. Well, trash. wait a minute. But where he comes from, that's probably like being called like Steve or something. Um, it's definitely not Steve. From what I can tell, the spelling it's P I O T R, so pure, and then B A B I E N O Babino. I don't know. It was probably some, you know. And Bingo was his name. Oh, talked about how they were working with a famous publisher to work on a horror game. He was careful not to say it was a new IP, which led many to believe that it was something already established. One could argue that Konami is pretty darn famous, which led to a sturdy pillar being placed for the house that is Silent Hill Rumors. According to Video Game Chronicles, which is no stranger to tossing Silent Hill reports out there into the ether, people with knowledge of Bloober's plans report that the strategic partnership between the Polish studio and Konami is indeed Silent Hill related. The site added that Konami has outsourced at least one other Silent Hill project to an external Japanese studio, mm -hmm. though that doesn't mean just one project has been outsourced. Yeah, and it looks like Blue Routine said in February that it was working on an existing horror IP, so it does, it does kind, kind of, of definitely, definitely draw, draw together, together the two. And, and with Konami's current state, state. It, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be surprising that they're going to dig up any kind of assets they still obtain to and can really, really push, push something, something out of it, it or at least give, a, give, give themselves a breathing chance. Because they're, they're definitely, to me, one gaming company that is declined quite a bit over the years, without a doubt. No offense, I'm a big fan of them for a lot of things, but, you know... Not their major hits. I did like Silent Hill, of course. Uh, Metal Gear Solid was never my thing. It was always everybody else that were my friends around all the time were they're big fans of it. And I see, I see it. It's just not my gaming style. And the bigger question is, if it is a new Silent Hill game, are we playing? That depends if you got diapers. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be, if they do do it, they're, They're going to put, put all efforts, efforts into it to make sure that it is yeah. a success and that it is a damn Yeah, because didn't, didn't the last one bomb? Um, like, wasn't it called, like, Silent Hill Homecoming or something like that? Or Some people said it bombed. I don't think it was all that bad. I played it on, I think, the, was it the Wii? Maybe not. Um, to me, a lot of negativity came from the room. I can't really speak much because if I didn't play the damn game, then obviously I have no room to talk. I played the original. Um, that was that was hard enough for me, uh, even back then for that that era of uh, gaming graphics. And I was more of a gaming collector. I collect a lot of things. Not just saying that I'm like, yo, man, he's he's total poser there. 
you Silent Hill to the day you die for life. I'm I'm not like that. I do like games that are scary. Like I enjoyed like Alan Wake stuff like that. Games with creativity that were they were fresh, new. But in the end, I'm I'm truly majorly an RPG game uh, gamer. Uh, I do like quick fluff games, but uh, I can imagine that if they actually do put it out, it's going to be an amazing game. I, I honestly would believe 100%. It's like the, this is their golden ticket, and they're not going to fuck it up because they already fucked up enough as it is. Elder Scrolls news. Oh, boy. So, so 10 years, ten years away? away? <laughs> The Elder Scrolls 6 will use Creation Engine 2, like Starfield, but it's a long ways off. It says, Bethesda confirmed back in October of last year that Starfield won't be using an overhauled engine for the studio with Creation Engine 2. This news excited fans for obvious reasons. Or it said, would be using an overhauled engine for the studio with Creation Engine 2. This news excited fans for obvious reasons. While Bethesda knows how to tell a solid tale, that doesn't mean that franchises like Fallout and Elder Scrolls have really done a good job at keeping up with the times in terms of tech and aesthetics. Now, following the Xbox Bethesda E3 2021 showcase, Todd Howard is talking a little more openly about the Elder Scrolls 6, including confirming that it will utilize the same engine as Starfield. What is my opinion on this? I know... Me and you are both on the same wavelength. It's one of the few things I could say positively without knowing that I'm an idiot. Um, is that the fact that we don't necessarily give two shits about the graphics. So to us, it, it could have the latest of graphics and still find it enjoyable. Well, I mean, come on. There's also games that have the greatest graphics that I just think are absolute trash when I look at them. Well, yeah. I mean, when, you know, for example, there's one game out there that... I literally, I literally to play, play the, the game, game and four or five, five other games, games of the same, same series had been out and I knew it back and front because it was one of my favorite series to where I had, had to be forced to play a tutorial, tutorial before, before I started the game. game. There, there was, was no, no skip, skip option, option, no, no nothing. nothing, just, hey, hey here you go. go. Um, that, that is unfriendly, unfriendly to, to players, play, especially players that do follow the games. I understand, I understand for people who've never, never played, played it, it. Yes, yes, they need a tutorial. But, but how many hundreds of games, games prior to certain game release, release um, that, that said set. there's a there's tutorial, tutorial option, option and you, you could pick, pick to choose? Dude, your biggest pet peeve is fucking any tutorial. Well, well and you know Elder Scrolls Six is going to have a tutorial. Are you going to bitch about that one too? Oh, it's the sixth game of the series. We don't need a tutorial. What about for the new players? That's what I say every time. Yeah, but it should be an option that you choose and pick as a new player. As a veteran player, you should not be forced into even having to make one move or button swipe to not choose it. That... Dude, the last game came out in 2011. What if somebody played it for a year and a half, two years, and then just put it down and hasn't played it in the last eight years? Yeah, that tutorial is going to be pretty fucking handy, even though you're a baby a veteran of the series. Well, I'm so sorry for you young newbies, uh, but I was also a guy that got a brand new game, and I used to get games back in the day that had instruction manuals on how to play the fucking game. So maybe they should include that back in, back into the series of gaming. That's just to me. Uh, but I was like a man. I didn't need to look at the map to try to figure out where I went to go, because if I got lost, fuck it, bud. I'll go find a place to have a beer and piss off. You know, you know, and admit, and admit that, that I wasn't wrong. 
but I wouldn't even look at the the damn instruction booklet unless it was had pictures in there of the cool bosses I'll be fighting or you know characters in the game. Be like cool artwork. Oh, how to play? Fuck that. I'll figure it out. I mean, come on. You only live once, I think. The Chocolate River and Willy Wonka was a stinky, gross cesspool. What? It was not actually t- chocolate. It was terribly cold. It was stinky water. Yeah, uh, you could. Is, duh, you could tell that was not chocolate. Well, yeah. Is this coming from the words of mouth of the chubby German kid? <laughs> is it Augustus over there bitching on Twitter or yep. Instagram? Well, I imagine it was disgusting. It, it would cost a fortune for it to be real chocolate, I would imagine. And then number two, for stability. For stability of- time you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna want something, something that's, that's gonna, gonna rot. rot i would hope okay. not but, but back, back then, then you know, you know. Yeah, here, here's, it says, in a world of pure imagination, you find yourself pretending that a stinky brown-colored shallow river is actually a, a chocolate stream. It turns out the iconic chocolate river Augustus Gloop falls into in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory it wasn't chocolate at all. Instead, it was gross, leftover, coffee-filled, shallow bed of water. Michael Bolner, who played uh, Gloop, says, quote, it was not actually... It was not actually chocolate. It was terribly cold. It was stinky water, and it was all day long, jumping in and jumping out and being around with wet clothes. Not only was it not chocolate, but Julie Don Cole, who played the spoiled Veruca Salt, shared some additional details about the murky water. She says the river was stale and used as a dumping ground for the cast coffee remains. Michael had to fall into this disgusting stuff that had been sitting there for three weeks. It had, it had the lights on it, and people were emptying their coffee cup drags into it not only potentially dangerous from a biological standpoint the river was also very shallow and then and the then 13 year old bolner had a small area he could fall into without bumping his noggin the river was just 10 centimeters deep and there was a hole about a square meter that i had to hit bolner explained so i was very scared that i would not hit the square meter and would punch my head in the ground of the chocolate river I remember watching that and being quite afraid for Michael because they were very adamant that, you know, not six, not six inches to the left, not six inches to the right. Those were the shallow bits, Cole added. Cole adds, there was a, tr- a trough there that he could fall into, but of course you couldn't see it because of the chocolatey water masked it. So he had to really be really specific on where he was going to tumble and hit that spot. I remember being quite anxious for him. If you remember the whole scene, after falling into the river, Gloop is sucked up through a tube to the fudge room, never to be seen again. To film this part, Bolner had to sit in a tube filled with the gill- filled to the gills with the brown liquid. It was a really tough thing because they took about a two-meter tube around me and filled it up with water up to my mouth, Bolner says. I couldn't move anything. I couldn't do anything. I just had to rely on the guys that were around me that don't drop me. Well, yeah, it's a good thing child safety laws have changed. How much was he paid for that? Oh, it, I, it probably wasn't worth nothing. No, no, probably not. Yeah, yeah. I still want to know. Yeah, it's, oh, God. <laughs> And I, I don't think he acted again after that. Why would you? I mean, first of all, you're the least athletic person on the cast, it would look like, except for maybe the... No, no, the old man was pretty, pretty limber after he, you know, got into action there. But yeah, that's just... That is god-awful. You, you force him to throw himself into a trough that's hidden underneath your shit-stained coffee and water. Whatever, Whatever God else they put in there. 
Probably, probably cigarette butts. They're probably, probably allowed to smoke on stage. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up for tonight. It is starting to get late, and we are both tired as hell. I got to work in the morning. So, for all of you that were tuning in, this is Fish. That's Benny. And you guys all have a good night. Good night.